surely coming You're the promise of things to come All my hope is in you Keep me pure. Keep me clean. Hallelujah. It's only He that can keep us, the Ruach, that will motivate us and will teach us and show us what real righteousness is because ours and our flesh, in and of ourselves, is filthy rags. You know, I never knew until probably about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago as I was studying what that filthy rags really represented. You know, when it comes to our sacred text, these letters of Shaul, these letters 
of Yahukanan, of Yahub, all of these writers that Yah chose shared at such a depth, at such a level, there's no way that they as men in and of themselves could have written such a book. There's no way. Because everything connects. The dots completely connect. And everything roots in blood all the way from the beginning. The first animal sacrifice, if you think of the blood, came immediately in the Adamic covenant, Adam and Eve, when original sin began. They had to slay an animal as the first killing of an animal. And the blood of that animal had to atone for their sin. And then the result was the clothing that they had to put on because now they discovered that they were in nakedness. And once that tree had been eaten from, now they had knowledge of sin. So now lust all of a sudden in looking at a naked body, all of a sudden it wasn't the beauty of a naked body anymore. Now all of a sudden because sin was born and the curse had begun, now lust was possible. So that blood all the way from the very beginning of the first animal sacrifice was very crucial to understand. So the blood covenant in the love cove that we are teaching on, on a daily basis, the blood covenant was right there. All the way through until he says, our righteousness, through Shaul now, 2,000 years ago, he says, so 6,000 years ago, they, they have the first blood sacrifice. And 2,000 years ago, Shaul writes that our righteousness is filthy rags. Now, I always thought because I was ignorant, I didn't know. I always thought that that just meant, like, dirty clothes, you know? No. That actually is talking about the menstrual cycle of a woman, which, again, came from that original sin. So it goes back to the Adamic covenant that women would suffer once a month as a punishment for what Eve had done. So our righteousness is like a menstrual cycle rag, the monthly rag, the filthy rag that represents sin. 
man, that was so deep for me. You could have, you could have, I could have had a V8. <laughs> you know, you could have knocked me over with that one. So it's only in him that we can be right. It's only in him we can get right. It's only in him that we can stay right. And that's what James Block from Israel in the Selah music that we listen to, Selah, Selah. That's what we listen to because he writes the scriptures in song. It's not just the Psalms. He does so many different books and it just grabs the heart so beautifully that I'm just uh, in awe of how Yasum he really is. So let's just lift him up today in thanks and in praise. And let's go ahead and tell him how much we appreciate him revising these six covenants and creating a seventh one as the final revision for us to be able to have a manual, a manuscript, a text, uh, a Kitve Hakodesh that is our instruction manual. Our Torah goes beyond if we really understand the definition of the term Torah. It goes beyond the first five books of Moshea. Anything that you can find by definition that is instructional is Torah. It's that simple. You see a car down the road, it doesn't limit itself to the Model T or the Model A or the original cars that were created. No. There's been revisions and revisions and revisions of automobiles for a hundred years. And that doesn't mean that all the principles that it took for that first automobile in the blueprints of creating Henry Ford's car from the very beginning, it doesn't blot out that car. That car still goes by the same blueprints. It's the same that it was before. And the principles of how a car works with a combustion engine and how the pistons are going to go up and down and that's going to create power and a clutch is going to be ignited and that clutch is now going to engage and move that car forward. It's the same principally as what we have here in Covenants. The basic principles of that covenant in the garden still the same we don't throw out the fact that Yah wanted fellowship so cre he created a being to have fellowship with because the ministering spirits of light had failed him think about it he had these other other beings. He had all these malchim that, that were there. So he had fellowship with them, but 
they had already totally came against him. Not all of them, but one third came against him. And there was a war in heaven. Or should I say in the heavens, the Shamaim. So he created us because he wanted a creation that would be more like him. And had those Malachim that had fallen never came against man, we would have walked in perfection because there never would have been a sin. It would have never existed. So the adjustments, the addendums within our contract with heaven or within the heavens, the Shamayim, has been under constant revision up until Yeshua HaMashiach came to set the record straight 2,000 years ago. Unfortunately, just like in the original first Adam, or Adam, we violated the agreement. We broke our contract as human beings. And now, in the love covenant that came 2,000 years ago, with the second Adam, Yeshua HaMashiach, this Yeshua covenant was broken right there. I mean, they they didn't live up to it at all. They actually killed him, which was prophesied that it would happen. All the way back to the book of Hanach, by the way, Enoch actually wrote about it, which is Noah's great-grandfather. He had a prophetic vision of a Messiah and talks about it in the book of Hanach. So long before any of our famous prophets from Yeshayahu, to Daniel, who, you know, I'm not belittling anything that, that they gave as prophecy, but the thought or the idea of a Mashiach or a Messiah was from the very beginning. And Moshea, by the time he finally wrote what he wrote, which was 400 years after Abraham, Yitzchik, and Yakub. So 400 years later, he's going back and writing four books. Those are not the original books. There had already been a lot of life and a lot of death and a lot of sin and a lot of overcoming that happened long before that. He just gave his version of the story. And he did a great job. He gave his portion. But they didn't disregard these other books. These other books were around. And there was 
No one that ever tried to hide or take away those books until in this last couple thousand years. Some of the most evil, corrupt people trying to keep our covenant away from us, to try to thwart it. The Catholic popes, you need to understand, did not want the common man to have a copy of what you look at and call a Bible. They didn't want you to have that. They wanted to interpret it all for you. And nowhere in the book does anybody say that's the way it was supposed to be. That's what man created, and we allowed it. We allowed it. We allowed the, the Ark of the Covenant to be stolen. We allowed them to come in and destroy the temple 150 years before Yeshua came, which is why we have Hanukkah today. And all believers are supposed to celebrate Hanukkah. Not just the Jews. And that's, that's the, the horrible thing of how much we've distorted the truth or we've allowed it to be distorted over the last 2,000 years. Our position as end-time reformers is to bring back the truth of the seven covenants and this old and new covenant baloney that's been shoved down our throats since we were little kids. It's time for us to wake up. Wake up. Arise, O sleeper, arise. That's what we see in Scripture. Arise, O sleeper, arise. Wow. That's powerful stuff. This arise, O sleeper, is a call to arms for us in the end times. We have to wake up from our slumber. We have to wake up from our sleep because man has been asleep. We've fallen asleep at the wheel. We've allowed so much to happen rather than taking the authority that's been given to us from our King of Kings, instead, we've just let this world be taken over. We can find it in three different places. It was already prophesied by Yeshayahu. Actually, more than three places. I apologize. Um, four places here. Yes, four places. So, Yeshayahu or Isaiah, you can turn your scriptures this morning and open them to Yeshayahu 60 and 1. And you can definitely see that he makes it very clear that it's us that is supposed to wake up 
in this generation, we're supposed to go ahead I mean, this is prophecy. Think of this. For us, written 700 years approximately before Yeshua even was born, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the kavod, or the esteem of Yahweh, has risen on you. Rise, shine, for your light has come. That's Yeshua. And the kavod, or esteem of Yahweh, has risen on you. The greatest thing Yahweh ever created was Yeshua. We need to give him all the kavod and give all the thanks, all the praise, all the honor, all the respect, all the appreciation for giving us the gift of Yeshua. Oh, hallelujah. How beautiful that is. And then we see it again in Malachi 4.2, which wasn't the last book of the Old Covenant. There was 400 years. By the way, there's a significance in the 400-year number. That's a whole study in and of itself. I'm not going to cover that today. But if you ever want to do a great study... Study the 400 years, and then study the 40 years, and then study the 40 days. 440 and 40. Yeah, amazing how he uses numbers to reveal specifically things he wants us to see and hear. So yeah, in the final book before all the stolen ones, there was a bunch of books between. <laughs> are the primary that we definitely should all have, and all of us should be reading the Maccabees because there's so much for us to learn and grow from, from Yehuda Maccabee. He was a hero. And Yah inspired him to write a text. That's um, a good one. I got these at the other Walgreens on Northport. All right. We got Yami chiming on in here and overriding me because she doesn't know how to use a mute button. But I think I just muted her. So and now she's... What happened there? But, all right. I love you, Yami. I was going to have you pray, and then I just was on a Ruach roll 
once you understand when the Ruach speaks to you and through you, there is a time that you have to open your mouth and just keep sharing what he wants to share and to let someone else pray at that time because that's been the, the format or that's been the way that you know to do it is, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And you gotta, no, then you're not being led by the Ruach. Now you're trying to take control and authority over the time and what he wants done within that time. I don't set the format. I ask him to lead me and guide me, and that's why we come in as the, the praise and worship is kind of leading, and I'm praying, and I let him give me where he wants me to go. Now, we're, we're in love, Cubs. Don't get me wrong. He pressed on my heart that I need to share the covenants and explain love cuffs because there are people who really don't even have a clue of what that even all entails, what that even means. So I had to put it out to give that understanding. So if we go to Malachi 4.2, we see verification that we're supposed to be arising. It says in one, for behold, the day is coming, burning like a fire pot. Through Akakodesh. Burning like a fire pot, and all the proud and every doer of wickedness shall be chaff. And the coming day will set them ablaze, says Yahweh. Of course, we're talking about a lake of fire. So just like the earth was flooded the first time with water, and he says he's never going to flood it again, he has not flooded the entire earth since. So he's a, a, a Yah of his word. He gave us his word on it. But he also said that there will be a fire, a lake of fire, and that will be the final flood. And just as those are wanting to get, now we're talking in the second covenant, the Noadic covenant, and just as those are trying to come onto the ark, or they're being encouraged to come onto the ark, as should I say, by Noah and his family, they reject the truth of the ark and of the flood and of the rain because they never seen rain before. Guess what? You've never seen fire rain before either because you weren't there at Sodom and Gomorrah. But he didn't flood at Sodom and Gomorrah. He just allowed sulfur balls so on fire from heaven to come raining down. And if you don't know it, if you've never done the archaeological testing and studies, my friend Ron Wyatt, who is from Tennessee, who I met back in 1994, I believe it was, who has a museum, 
in downtown Tennessee, by the way. Ron Wyatt, he's passed away since. He's, he's been passed for a while, but he's sleeping right now. He's waiting for Yeshua to come back. But he found Sodom and Gomorrah, and he did studies on the ground and all the sulfur everywhere. The fire from heaven fell in that region, just like the scriptures have said. Everything's been verified scientifically. It's not a question of if the scriptures are true. Oh, no, no, no. There, there's no question. They're true. They've been verified so clearly through prophecies and through uh, histories and through science. Science cannot refute creationism. None of it. They have not been able to scientifically say that the Bible is untrue. Never. In fact, atheists that were scientists have constantly had to humble themselves, and many of them, in fact, became believers in the process of trying to refute the Scriptures. It says, and the coming day will set them ablaze, says Yahweh of hosts, which will not leave root or branches to them, but to you who fear my name. Oh, my goodness, the name must be pretty important. You better fear, you better respect the name that he gave, which man has not done. Remember, only eight people got on the ark. I don't know in this second ark how many he's going to allow, but we know it's few. It's few. It's not many. Is it you? That's your life's biggest question. Will I get on the ark? Or will I allow myself from a, a society of sinners who even proclaim we're sinners? We're constantly trying to speak that death because sin is death. They want to speak sin, 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 sin. Almost, almost like they wear it as a badge of honor that they're a sinner. It's disgusting. None of us should be proud that we were a sinner. That's called false pride. I can sit and talk for hours of how filthy and disgusting I was. And it's important to give the testimony so people know that I can relate to them, I can understand their sin, so they don't think I'm some freakazoid that's been a perfect person all my life. That's what they would look at, a perfect person. They wouldn't look at it as, oh, that's so great. They look at you as a freak show. You start telling them that you're a, a Kodesh roller. Because <laughs> I ain't a holy roller anymore, right? I'm a Kodesh roller now. And man, they, they poke fun at you. They mock you. Just like the scriptures say they will. 
is you become a Kodesh roller, you become a Yeshua freak. Oh no. He's even got the right name. He's a real freak. It says, but to you who respect my name, the son of righteousness will rise up and healing will be on his wings and you will go out and frisk like calves of the stall. So you think of, of young calves and how frisky they are or how joyous they can be when they jump around and they're dancing around out there in the farmer's field as the young little calf. That's the childlike faith. That's the leaping and jumping and dancing like David danced. Because we see Yeshua. And we rise up. We awaken. And we're born again into the one Yasam, grafted into the vine. It's pretty spectacular stuff here. I get pretty excited about it. Well, what about now jumping to the new covenant, according to the Christians? <laughs> we're not under that old stuff, right? <laughs> we throw all that out. We're under the new. No, we don't. I'm being funny, but uh, it is kind of funny to think they're going to throw out all this good stuff, right? And and he just he just said it in vain, you know. He was just wasting everybody's time. It wasn't real important. I mean, can you hear how ridiculous that sounds? Wow. So now if we go to Romans thirteen and eleven, we see it again. But let's read the verse before, because most people never do. Love does not work evil to the neighbor. Then love is the fulfillment of Torah. Wow. Sounds to me that even Shaul, <laughs> even Paul, the big hero of the hyper-grace Christian movement, who they lied to you and tell you that he was against the law. See, look, 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 look at this one sentence that they take out of context and definition. Look, 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 look what he says. But if he said what they say that he said, which he didn't, but if he did, then all this other stuff would be a lie. And there's a whole lot more stuff that Shaul wrote to show that he was probably the greatest Torah keeper next to Yeshua himself. He had it memorized. It was written on the tablets of his heart. What he was exposing was the oral Torah or the oral laws 
the oral instructions that the rabbis and the high and the high priests, hypocrites, Pharisees, Sadducees, all these guys had been coming up with and adding to, adding to, adding to, which was strictly forbidden according to what was given to Mosheya to add to or subtract from what was given. That's one of the parts of the Mosheic covenant. The fourth covenant, I believe in Deuteronomy, says right out not to add to or subtract from which again is repeated, which we have about 200 and almost 250 of the Torah instructions are repeated by the shaliachs or the apostles, the overseers, the missionaries, that first took this Yeshua covenant forward unto the people. Yehukanan, the revelator, that's the favor of Yah is how to, how to interpret that name into English. The favor of Yah. Yehukanan, the favor of Yah. He comes forth in Revelation and he says, because Yah gave him the vision, a lot of cool, unique, one-time, first-time stuff. But you better know that a lot of what he shared in that revelation was confirmation of the prophetic of Mosheya, because Mosheya, in his own right, was a prophet as well. Moses was a prophet. Now, most people don't want to look at him at, like that. For whatever reason, the theologians, they don't put him in that category. But if, if you look at his writings, it's like, okay, was this a prophecy? Did it come true? Yes. Was this a prophecy and did it come true? Yes. Well, then he's a prophet. Hello? Hello? George McFly, are you listening? Study with an open mind and an open heart and grab a hold of the truth here this morning. And so sick of people taking truth and just throwing it off to the side like it's not important or relevant. It's completely relevant. It's completely important. So just before he tells us to wake up, to arise, He's talking to us. This is Shaul now as a prophet. Paul was a prophet. He did speak a lot of this stuff for us. But let's not pervert it. Let's not twist it. Let's not spin it. Let's not try to manipulate it to fit our lifestyle. Because that's really what man's been doing is they want to make this word fit into their life instead of them fitting into the word. Let's turn it around, okay? Let's be doers of it. Let's not take it and, well, we're going to go ahead and adjust this and adjust that so I can still live my comfy little United States of America, we're the greatest in the world, prideful nation. No, don't do it. 
Let's be honest about America. We've screwed up a lot, and we're continuing to screw up. In some ways, we could say we're the greatest nation in the world. But we have to ask ourselves, I mean, Yahweh allowed us to be involved in conflicts and wars. We have to ask ourselves, were they all righteous? Or were these evil political people, even like Ozzy Osbourne from Black Sabbath wrote about? There's some good poetry in the song War Pigs. 1968. Generals gathered in their masses, just like witches at black masses. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. And it ends with Satan laughing, spreads his wings. See, people don't understand some of these artists, and they just, oh, that's evil, that music was evil. That music was exposing the enemy. Satan, God Rael, it was exposing how evil he was. Now, by all means, I'm not trying to say that Ozzy Osbourne was, you know, uh, a righteous person, he did a lot of sinful things, but that doesn't mean that Yahweh has not used failures, because he has. He used failures all his life. He's using me right now. He used a sesser. We were failures. We were sinners big time at one time. But we've heeded to the go and sin no more that Yeshua says, and we're not we're not sinning today, so we're not sinners anymore. So I'm not going to proclaim, I'm a, I'm a sinner, and, and do this, what do they call it, the Apostles' Creed, they, they make it. Well, who made that up? Oh, that's right. That comes out of Catholicism. Wow. No, that's not our covenant. So don't confuse religion with covenant. This is a love cub, and it's my responsibility to protect it. It says love does not work evil to the neighbor. Then love is the fulfillment of the Torah. Yeshua was love. He came to fulfill the Torah. When Yeshua comes to live inside you, guess what? He's got to fulfill the Torah within you. You cannot follow these instructions without him. That's the point. If you're not filled with Ruach HaKodesh, you ain't going to be able to, to be perfect. It's never going to happen. It's only Ruach HaKodesh that will bring you into perfection. It's only Ruach HaKodesh that can take a teshuva, a, a, a complete turnaround in your life, a change. That's the only thing. That's why teshuva is a much better term, by the way, than the term repentance. You can look up the definitions of repentance, and then you can look up the definitions of change, which would be more of our modern English word, change. And then you look at the term uh, teshuva in the perfect language, and it means a complete 
turn around in the direction that you were going because you were going in the direction of sin. And you're going to go completely in the opposite direction of sin. You're going to turn your life around. You've heard that phrase. Well, that's really what, what we're doing here. Because we can never fulfill the Torah in our lives. We can never follow the instruction manual perfectly if we don't first start to recognize that sin is completely opposite of Torah. Torah will, will point out to you and show you and teach you what is sin. Those are the don'ts. But it will also show you and teach you what is right or righteous or righteousness. And that's not our filthy rags righteousness now. That is his righteousness. That's the Torah. He is. His righteousness is because he is what? A living word, according to Yahukanan 1. The word made flesh. What does that mean? A living word. That means he's the living Torah. In other words, Yeshua is the Torah. This is our love cove. Love does not work evil to the neighbor. Then love is the fulfillment of the Torah. Yeshua said, I didn't come to get rid of the Torah. I came to fulfill it. Also knowing this, that now is the time and the hour. This is it right now. This is us. Also knowing this, that now is the time and the hour for you to awake from your sleep. The Christian church has been sleeping. Ask yourself this. How many real signs, wonders, and miracles like they had 2,000 years ago, how many are really happening in this place called church out there, come on. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's an occasional miracle here and there, here and there, and I've had them, even when I was in Jesus' name, because I had the real Ruach, and I spoke the Torah, I spoke the truth, I spoke the instructions, I spoke the word over my prayers, and I was saying hallelujah all the way through it. So it didn't matter that I was ignorant and threw Jesus in there, here and there. That's not what created the miracle. What created the miracle was the fact that I was a living Torah. I was a living word because I had the real Ruach HaKodesh in me, and I had the real Torah, the real word written, the instructions written on the tablets of my heart, and I was living it. And when I spoke it into existence by faith, and the other person on the other end had faith, then guess what? Just like Yeshua said, I say it to people all the time when they get their healing or they get their deliverance. I say, it is your faith that made you whole. Why do I say that? Why do I speak that? Because I don't want the credit. He gets all the credit. It's not me. It's him in me. 
The only thing I did right was I yielded myself to him. The only thing I did right was I opened myself up to say, he's the boss, I'm not. Now sit down and shut up and listen to what he has to say. And I humbled myself. I had to humble myself. This is the problem with man out there, is man really doesn't want to humble himself. And when you speak these truths, as I just did this morning about a love covenant, if they came into this call, into this study with a closed mind, not an open mind, not an open heart, they're going to reject it. I, I am so saddened when that happens. But I'll tell you, if they come with an open mind and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this guy out. And they might criticize me after they get off the phone or after they get away from me. They might even talk behind my back, shove a few knives in my back, persecute me, right? Gossip about me. Do exactly what Yahweh hates the most. But you know what? If I got one little seed planted in there, it may be the very thing that starts this awakening within them. Because it was hard for me to lay down everything I had been taught throughout my life and say, I was taught by false teachers, and to have to say that. So when you awake to that, also knowing this, that now is the time and the hour for you to awake from your sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. How cool is that? I love it. Whew, I love the word. I love Yeshua. Yeshua is the living word. Hallelujah. All right. Ephesians 5.14 is the last one I'm going to share with you this morning. And then we're going to pray over this message after the fact instead of before the fact. Because I already prayed over this message when the music and the praise was going on. I was already praying over what I was going to say. So when he moved on me and spoke to me and said, okay, I opened my mouth and here we are. Hallelujah. I think he preached a pretty good word today, didn't he? He's pretty pretty awesome when you just let him do the talking and you just sit there in the passenger seat and you say, Yeshua, take the wheel. <laughs> He's a better driver than I am. All right. Ephesians 5.14 is our final one that I'm going to share with you here this morning. And again, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to read... The verse before, Mary 13 first, it says, But all things being condemned are exposed by the light. Woo! Man. When you bring that light in, 
everything else gets exposed. All of it. It's a complete exposure of the falseness, the, the false teachers, the false doctrines. He exposes it all. But all things being condemned are exposed by the light and are clearly revealed for everything having been revealed is light. Hallelujah. Here it comes now. Get ready. Put your helmet on. Put your shoulder pads on. Because of this, he says, arise, sleeping ones. Arise from the dead ones. And Messiah will give you light. We have to be in the light as he is in the light. We got to wake up from our sleep so Yeshua can shine on us. We have to become the light of the world. And signs, wonders, and miracles better follow us if we believe. If we're trusting and we're obeying, we should start seeing manifestation of signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, when I talked to someone that was like myself, that was so caught up in, in the Christian doctrines and was set that that was all right, that was the way it was, that's what, hey, by the way, that's what Billy Graham said. How can Billy Graham be wrong? Well, he was. Sorry to let you down. And I, and I play some Billy Graham stuff on our, on our broadcast. I'm not saying he was a horrible person. Don't get me wrong. But he was taught by false teachers just like I was. I mean, I've watched the whole movie on Billy Graham. I've read his books. I've I've studied Billy Graham inside and out. And he's considered the greatest person of our century. Well, this whole who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven question that even the original apostles were asking Yeshua himself. Just be careful of that. If you think this is a popularity contest with man, you are totally wrapped up in your flesh. This is not a popularity contest with man. We're not building mega churches here. That's not our goal. There's so much pride wrapped around these mega churches and the millions of dollars they got. And these some of these pastors are the most arrogant guys you'll ever meet in your life. How do I know? I've met all the big guys. I've been to T.D. Jakes' congregation. I've been to, to uh, 
Uh, the other huge one in Texas, I can't even think of his name right now, but I, I uh, she's the big Assembly of God guy. Um, but he's also big with Israel, so everybody gets all impressed with what he says because he, he talks a lot about prophecy, you know? And then there's Joel Olstein, and then there's all these guys out there. If you ever got alone with them, you ever talk to some of these big people? And I was to Rod Parsley in in Ohio. I traveled this country. I'm telling you, I've been to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Christian services and denominations and diff, different superstars. You know, Kim Clement prophesied over me at the Hollywood Bowl in California. But that doesn't make me great. I don't say all of it to lift me up. I say all of it to say, I lo a long time ago, I had to crucify this. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're supposed to respect each other. We're supposed to respect our brothers, right? And edify them, lift them up, love on them, encourage them. All of that is true. It's in the scriptures. We, we're not saying that. But if you got people up on pedestals, especially if their doctrine is kind of twisted and turned and really not accurate, then you really got to question yourself, why did I put this person on a pedestal? Why have I made this person to be like a god or a goddess? You know, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing that? Don't worship men. You know, the good, the good that Billy Graham did, hallelujah. But if you really understand the truth, there was a lot of stuff that was messed up. People don't want to face that reality. They don't want to look at that reality of how far we've gone from where we were 2,000 years ago. We want to take you back to the ancient of days. We want to take you back, and we want you to live it out right. If someone made a mistake along the way, we want to learn from their mistake that was exposed through the word. The mistakes of David, I want to learn from them. Right? Mistakes of Kepha or Peter... I want to learn from them. You know? I don't want to deny him three times and have the cock crowing in the morning. I'm not going to deny him. But I'm also not going to worship a false messiah, a fake messiah, some religious guy, the leader of a religious cult or movement. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to arise from my sleep. I've woken up. You know, and using woke is kind of weird nowadays because this whole woke movement stuff, so don't take that out of context. But he wants us to wake up, and he wants us to receive the light, and he wants us to become the light of the world like he was the light of the world because he's going to be in us shining.
But all things being condemned are exposed by the light and are clearly revealed, for everything having been revealed is light. Because of this, he says, arise, sleeping ones, and rise from the dead ones, and Messiah will give you light. Wake up. Receive the light today. Take his light and shine. You shining with him in you can be so far beyond what Billy Graham ever did if you're in the truth. If you're sharing Yeshua's doctrines, Yeshua's covenants, seven covenants, share them. Tell people the truth. And that'll shine a light on things for people. They'll see it. They'll get it. They'll appreciate it. They'll be excited about it. Hallelujah. He'll make you an end times hero of faith. Not for your ego, not for your arrogance, not for your haughtiness, not for your pride. He'll make you that because you have humbled yourself and you have taken on the humility of the olive tree, of the crucifixion of yourself, of your flesh. And you've allowed him to live in you, put the light in you. He puts the light in you. He is the light of the world. Shine. Desire to be in the light even as he is in the light. I want to be in the light as he is in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heavens. Oh, yeah, be my light and be my salvation. All I want is to be in the light. When he sings, O oh Lord, be my light, I just want you to say, O oh, Yah, be my light. Sing this with us now and worship and desire and hunger for the right light. The right light.
for Yahweh, bringing it to you this morning here on Love Live, just letting the Ruach HaKodesh take over, letting him speak to us and through us as vessels of honor as we come forth to be able to share the truth that sets men free, and we say, arise, O sleeper, arise, wake up from your slumber, for the time when the Son of Man comes back draws near, and we got to get people ready. Hallelujah. So I welcome this morning uh, Minister of Love, Cesar Elias. He is here to be able to share with us the wealth of wisdom. And uh, he's got a, 
a word for us this morning. He's going to be sharing uh, short little snippets of wisdom each morning for us to learn and grow from. And and I say short, he can go as long as he is led by the Ruach. I don't put no time limit out there. I just say, let the Ruach speak to you and through you. Hallelujah. And uh, let it happen. So good morning, my brother from another mother, my Aki. Hallelujah. Good morning, uh, Rock. Um, I'm uh, happy to be with you this morning. It's It's been an awesome time in the Word already, and I'm just... Uh, I'm trying to be like a sponge, you know what I mean, <laughs> and uh, just get get all I can. Get it while it's getting good, they say. <laughs> so, yep. So I I have a rose, <laughs> and now it's time for me to. Uh, th- this morning, I believe the scripture I have is, uh, well, let's see, yesterday was 8 and 9, so today it's uh, Proverbs uh, in the first chapter and verse number 10. And uh, 11, Uh, let's see how far it went. I think it goes down to uh, 10 to 14. So uh, that's what I'm going to read. Hallelujah. Let me just uh, get back to where I was because I I go around this house uh, and I go outside as as, uh, as you're as I'm listening to you and I am enjoying the outside, but now I got to go back inside. Here I am, uh, uh, where I started. So it's verse number 10 and I just got it. Okay. It says, um, my son, my son, it says, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait shed blood, let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause, Uh, let us swallow them up alive like Sheol, and whole like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all kinds of precious possessions, we shall fill our houses with spoil, cast in your lot among, among us, let us all have one purse." Um, yeah, that's 10 to 14. Um, so, so it goes on to say, um, if sinners, my son, if sinners enticed you, Solomon first warned his son about the dangers of bad company. The actions of some people clearly reveal them to be sinners more than in the general sense in which we are all sinners. The young must resist the enticements of these men. Sig- significantly, these, this first instruction and warning in the book of Proverbs speaks to the company we keep and the friendships that we make. These are few more powerful forces. I mean, there are, I'm sorry, there are few more powerful forces and influences upon our life than the friends we choose. It has been said, show me your friends and I can see your future. It speaks, it speaks in the great need for God's people to be more careful and wiser in their choice of friends. It says, do not consent. They can do, these no, they can do the no harm unless they would join in with them. 
Not even the devil himself can lead a man into sin till he consents. Were it not so, how could, how could God, Yahweh, judge the world? He says, Come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. When the wicked plot their evil actions, the wise son will not consent. He will distance himself from them. Oops, sorry, I, I lost my place, I'm sorry. Um, it says, when the wicked plot their evil actions, the wise will not consent. He will distance himself from them. <clears throat> no matter what the promise or potential gain may be, he says, we shall fill our houses with spoil. <clears throat> Put on their enticement. Can you grab my glasses? Um, was simply a sense of belonging come with us. Apparently in the ancient Israel, no less than in the modern world, the comradeship, easy money, and the feeling of empowerment offered by gangs was a strong temptation to the young man who felt overwhelmed by the difficulties of the life he confronted every day. Solomon described the words of sinners in terms of their real meaning and effect and not what they actually said. Surely such sinners would appeal to riches and quick gain and not merely invite this one to shed blood. Solomon tells us to hear what people mean with such promises of quick and easy riches, not only what they say. So uh, I, I think it was, uh, you know, how it, it started off uh, where, where Solomon was talking to his son. And so uh, just like any parent who cares about uh, their children is going to warn them uh, about, uh, you know, when sinners come, and uh, want to entice them into into sin and to, into temptations. Um, um, it, they they come regardless. They're coming. The parent knows that already, and uh, they they come. the 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 enemy comes uh, painting a pretty picture of of uh, of sin and temptation, and shortcuts, and easy, easy, quick and easy ways to make money, instead of, you know, uh, legitimate ways to make money. It's still obviously happening big time today, uh, when you see so many uh, young men out here who chose to uh, sell drugs, uh, and, and make quick, quick money, uh, not not thinking about the consequences or the ramifications of their actions. They're not thinking about the consequences. They haven't, and so ultimately, the majority, almost all of them, uh, get caught and then have to suffer, uh, reap what they've sown. They, they've got to suffer a lot. You know, the the prisons are full of of people who decided uh, that they want to make the, you know, take the shortcut and make easy money. And oftentimes it, it, uh, it costs young people even their lives. 
And uh, there's many moms and dads out here that have already lost their uh, children uh, to uh, the streets and to, uh, you know, the life of uh, drugs. And <clears throat> so uh, there's great ramifications. There's terrible consequences to these uh, get-quick uh, schemes uh, to make money. So uh, the parent or... You know, uh, the, you know, as, as parents, we do need to be, of course, you know, uh, warning our our children, uh, even, even though it might seem like uh, they're not paying attention to us or they're not listening. But it's still uh, our responsibility uh, to to uh, warn them of the dangers of uh, those temptations that are going to come into their lives. So, uh, like I said, I. I've had, I've had, I raised, I've raised teenagers myself, and uh, and uh, most of the time, <laughs> it looked like uh, they weren't paying attention. But uh, as they got older, and they, uh, you know, they they grew up or they matured, uh, you know, come to find out now that uh, that they're they're saying the, the exact same things to their kids, <laughs> you know, uh, because uh, they want them. Uh, they want them safe, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew that I could see that, well, uh, yeah, they were listening, you know, and and, uh, and it, it so really felt good to know that, uh, you know, they were really listening, and at the time, I, I didn't think they were, but I still, I still insisted, and, and uh, my wife, and, and uh, we never stopped warning them. And uh, obviously, some lessons are harder than others. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, they learn, and and so uh, the, the word uh, says in another proverbs uh, to to uh, train a child up in the way he should go, and that when he's old, he'll he'll never depart from it. And um, so you know, as because. You know, as much as we want to make their decisions for them, we can't. You know, I mean, once they, you know, get to be old enough and teenagers to make their own decisions, I mean, I feel like all we can do is, uh, you know, pray. But it's powerful because, you know, prayer obviously uh, keeps them safe. And uh, so, um, yeah, uh, you know, so that's our that's our responsibility as as parents. And so, you know, to... Uh, just to, to train our children up in the Lord, and and so um, so I would say uh, if I could just uh, conclude in saying, uh, Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, you know uh, parents would never give up. Of course, because of the love that they have, but you know sometimes it just seems so hard. And and uh, Father, I, it seems like our words are falling uh, falling on deaf ears, and uh, so. I just want to encourage the listener. I want to encourage the parent. You know, uh, don't, 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 don't give up. Of course, you know you love your child. So, uh, Father, I pray that uh, you know, like your word, it, it doesn't come back to you void. It's not going to come back to you void. It says, train the child up in the Lord, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. And so, Father, I thank you today for your word, 
and uh, because it, it doesn't go back to your void. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. It doesn't go back, and it comes back to them. And and so uh, it, it takes it takes time, but that's okay because it's your timing. So, uh, Father, I just want to uh, give you all praise uh, for what you're doing. In, in the mighty name of Yeshua Yamashiach, I pray. Amen and amen.
Love Live, bringing the light. Well, we've got an incredible miraculous that came in the form of light. David Schmidt, he came up with a technology that is called photolight therapy. And he was the pioneer in it, and now he is the long-standing veteran scientist in this technology. And we support our ministers by allowing them to be out there in the marketplace. And Cesar, who you just listened to, has got a photolight therapy business connected to the scientist that was given this miraculous technology. And you can get your photolight therapy products, which we have in a, a amazing stem cell activation product that will activate your stem cells by the power of the light. We've been talking about light this morning and you being the light, well, you are made of light and that light within your body has an all natural response to these photolight therapy stem cell activation patches and the organic crystals that have been scientifically put together, which is no chemicals, no drugs or anything going into your body. There's nothing going into your body. This is reflecting the light back into your body, your own light, the light that Yah put in you when he created you. And as that light shines back in, it turns on 4,200 genes that were dead. They were sleeping. They were not activated. It activates 4,200 genes. They speak with the DNA. The DNA connects with GHK copper peptides, and there is a reaction that turns on stem cells, which 50% of your stem cells will stop growing at the age of 30. It continue, you, can, you continue to die more and more and more from 30 all the way to 60. By the time you get to 60, your stem cells almost have completely 100% stopped growing. And that's where rapid aging happens from 60 to 80. Most people are passing throughout that time. This is an age reversal product. It's listed in the patent as such. You can find testimonials. You can find clinical studies. You can find patents. You can find everything at lifewave.com forward slash Cesaro. That's lifewave.com forward slash Cesaro. That's lifewave.com. All one word. L-I-F-E-W-A-V-E dot C-O-M forward slash C-E-S-A-R-O. Minister of Love that just shared with you has the opportunity to be in the marketplace and talk to people about their health and be able to help them with their health through this miraculous technology, this medical technology that is just blowing the minds of the people. And we are seeing the body heal itself 
faster and quicker and more miraculously than I've ever seen anything else besides laying hands on someone and having them get their miracle just through prayer. But sometimes he uses different things, you know, like putting mud on somebody's eyes. <laughs> you know, Yah's got a sense of humor. So, you know, putting mud over somebody's eyes to get them to be able to see versus putting a little patch on your, on your neck or on your belly or wherever, really, because it seems to work wherever you put it. Those are the two recommended places for the best results. I'm going to encourage you to get your LifeWave patches from this Minister of Love. Ministers of Love have been supporting themselves by being in the marketplace from the beginning of time. Yeshua was a carpenter. He had to do something to be able to bring in the bucks. Kifa was a fisherman. He had to do something to be able to take care of everybody and his family as they were continuing to go forth with Yeshua. Shaul the Shaliak, Paul the Apostle, he made talits or the prayer shawls that you see with the little zitzits on the end. He made those. Along with Ananias and Sapphira and and you know, so many out there that were very, very entrepreneurial. Because they had to be. You have to take care of yourself. You have to be able to bring forth an income. So we ask you to support your health by going to lifewave.com forward slash the sorrow. That's lifewave.com forward slash C-E-S-A-R-O. And you will be able to get your stem cells activated. And in the process of getting those stem cell patches from Cesar Elias, what's going to happen for you is you are basically giving an offering for the difference of the, the wholesale retail uh, scenarios, and there are options for you to buy at better prices. So please feel free to contact Cesaro directly at 414-239-2713 and talk it over. He'll minister to you in a lot of different ways and at the same time will be able to help you with your health. Hallelujah. This is the light that needs to shine bright. You are the light. You will be turning that light on that will turn on those stem cells and watch your body reverse the age, even as it says in the patent, this is an age reversal product. Hallelujah. Thank you, Yah, for the ministers of love that they have stepped forth with a product that works naturally to be able to support their ministries. Hallelujah. They shine bright everywhere we go. Precious diamonds With colors by the millions 
This is the only world we know And for now this rental's our home If we gon' be a reflection Gotta make this dirt rock glow Just so you know Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people to illuminate the show Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people, making music for the people Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people to illuminate the show Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people, keep this music up In the city might be more than pretty, pretty. That freaky shine might be more than meets the eye. Anytime you see the sparkle in the dark, you might look deeper, deeper. It might be more than simply theater. Yo, that smile might be joy that's connected to the spirit. The spirit might be contagious if you dare, you deck a mirror. I remember, can't forget, peace that you can't second guess. Sparkle as the light reflects, we write and pay it forward checks. Light shine bright everywhere we go. Music for the people to illuminate the show. Light shine bright everywhere we go. Music for the people making music for the people. Light shine bright everywhere we go. Music for the people to illuminate the show. Light shine bright everywhere we go. Music for the people Jesus music for the people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, we're going to come forth now with the uh, promises and close it up here for the day. Uh, The Ruach has surely led us into some great truths today, and we appreciate the ministers of love that have contributed already uh, with such a great great morning, Uh, starting with, of course, James Black, 
singing the scriptures seriously. That's what we do here is we sing the scriptures. Oh, man. And he just had some beautiful stuff to get us started. And I know the Ruach HaKadosh had taken over. So he definitely uh, moved on me today, and I'm thanking him right now, hallelujah, for showing up, showing up and presenting himself here on Love Life. Uh, Sand with the plan is my beautiful bride, and I'm going to ask if she will share a promise and close us out in prayer today that we will have a day of achievement, a day of producing, a day of productivity. I decree and declare that we will move forward towards the dreams and the desires of our heart, even as he wants to give us those desires of our heart. That is an exciting promise in and of itself. Hallelujah. Sam with the plan. Hallelujah. Good morning. So today we will be in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And it's under the, uh, I guess the promise is under the category of contentment. And the verse is, set your way of life without money loving, being satisfied with present things. For he has said, quote, not at all will I leave you. Not at all will I forsake you. Never. And that comes from Deuteronomy 31.6. Hallelujah. So what the promise that he will never ever leave us or forsake us is a huge promise and one that we can stand upon. And uh, it doesn't say that, I mean, it's interesting that right before that it says, for your way of life without money, loving, and being satisfied with present things, it's being content in all things. And we know that we there's other scriptures that, that back that up as well. But it's, I think it's interesting that he specifically says, not to be a money lover, that you know we are to be satisfied with Yahweh, with what he gives us in this day. And I think because he probably says that because if we do our, if we are money lovers and we're going to have the wrong heart, we're not going to be focusing on the things of Yahweh and his kingdom and his the things that he wants for us in in the sense that we're servants, in the sense that we're obedient, in the sense that we're trusting, and in the sense that we're we're content in all things, because we'll be chasing after money and making that our focus. So you think he mentions that that we be content in all things, knowing with the promise that he's not going to leave us or forsake us. It's like we don't have to focus on the money. We don't have to focus on the success and, and striving 
forward as our main goal in life because he's there with us and for us. And uh, another promise is that, you know, nothing can stand against us if he is for us. So he he's really wants us to have our lives focused on the things above and not the things of this world. Yes, we, we live in this world, and yes, we, we need to make a living, and we, but, you know, he satisfies every need. And to know that he is always there, that he'll never leave us, is a, a tremendous promise that we can stand on this day and every day. Hallelujah. So thank you, Yah, for your presence today. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. Thank you for being our Abba, our Father, the one who cares for us and loves us despite everything that we've done. Thank you for Yeshua, our Savior, for sending him to bear the burden of our sin. Thank you that you do never leave us that you will never forsake us. Thank you that you make a way for us and you provide, you are the supplier of all our needs. So thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. And we just ask that you be with us throughout this day and guide our steps, lead our hearts into all truth and righteousness in Yeshua's name. Amen.
world is getting hard I heard you say it's overwhelming I said I'd never be too far And I meant that from the heart I see the mountain getting high I see it stacking up against you I always said you were a fighter But you've got to show You come. 